episode 114. This is Real Church Matters. I'm Forrest Hall. I'm here with Sylvia Hall. She's back. She's back. It's been 114 of these episodes, Mom. 114 is a lot. It is. I'm so blessed. Thankful. Uh, this is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church, church matters. matters. How are you, Mom? I'm doing great. Doing, doing great. great. Yes. I'm telling you, I, I've, I'm... I'm I'm just on fire. <laughs> I'm just on fire. I, it's 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 this is uh this is the Renaissance time. I, I, I keep saying them like God is doing something yes, in, in my life right now, and I really am just basking in the obedience. Yes, and and you know the the crazy thing about it is it's something for me because these are all the things that you hated. <laughs> These are all the things you fought against. Absolutely. These are all the things you challenged. Without question. And so because of that, <laughs> because of that, to see you move in and, and to see God use you in such a way um, just gives me such great joy and, and really ignites a new passion and fire in the inside to do the will of God even the more. Because I recognize that though you may not see something, when you do it, when you're obedient, yeah, that it doesn't mean that it's not going to be manifest. Amen. Amen. It, it, it's a blessing. I, when I'm teaching and preaching, and you, you, you and Dad are sitting in the audience, the scripture always runs in my head that uh, you'll be the glory of your parents. Amen. You know, and, and Amen. it really, it really is a testament, and it's. Uh, I always feel like I'm giving y'all a gift when I'm operating in, in obedience. Yeah, you because know? it also, you know, when you have your prayers answered, every answered prayer, every uttered prayer, it just serves as a push yeah. to continue to go on. I literally just asked Ashley something to check on a, a prayer of mine. Yeah. So I just asked her, I said, how you feel about this? And she's like... Well, I mean, I don't, you know, and I said, okay, I'm just checking because I just need to know when my prayers answer. It's not answered yet. That's fine. But I know. I just needed to know. Yeah. I just need to, to heat check, know where my prayer yeah. is. It, it's not there yet. I know what's going to happen. Yes. Yeah. I know. Yes. And the, the thing is, there is a confidence that has to meet with action. So a lot of people don't think. They think that you can quietly um, know what God is speaking to you. Mm -mm. God just wants you to say it. And he wants you to say it to the person. You know, and the crazy thing about it is, you know, every time I hear God saying, say it, you know, go. I, I get the same I, It's met with the same resistance inside of myself. Say, oh, they just gonna think it's me. And he said, oh, no, yeah. you, it's never been you. It's never you. You, he, you don't have the ability yeah. because goodness isn't in you. Th- it's in me. That- <laughs> he said, now go. And I just go. And, you know, it's so exciting to me because every answered prayer yeah. is a manifestation. But you got to be able to speak it just like you checked on your prayer. Yeah. It, I, all during my life, that's what I do. Because I see it. It's like yeah. like I was sharing with Erica. Uh, I said, 
I, I could see me and my dad sharing a word together. Yeah. Before we ever did. Before you. So ever- I endeavored towards that. You know, I did everything I could do until it came to fruition because I seen it. It's what I aspire to. Yeah. We have to aspire to a new way. Because I seen, I seen you delivering the word. Yeah. I seen dad delivering the word. And th- when I went and told you and you said, nah. yeah. And then you said, after that, you went through a period of time where you said, that's why I'm not going to do it because yeah. she said, she said that this is what I was totally out of spite. And out of spite. And then I had came to the conclusion, I said, you'll never say this to your, your husband because if you think the little one is fighting, the big one going <laughs> to fight all the more. So I never said it to him until he was in a place of deliverance. Yeah. And God said, speak it over him. Yeah. I didn't say it to him. I spoke it over him because he was in a battle. Yeah. And God said, speak it over him now. Yeah. So it's so important that as people of God, we not only see, but we have the confidence to speak. Yeah. And to go when God says go. And know it. Know without a shadow of doubt that we're operating from words that have been settled in heaven. Already done. Well, I don't I, have I, to prove it. I got I to get to that housekeeping. Okay. Then we jump back in. Episode 114. Uh Real Church Matters, you can always reach out. Y'all are listening. Just continue to share. I, I hear people that keep coming to me uh, and telling me that they're giving it to this person, that person. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, somebody just told me that uh, my barber, my barber gave, I should play the voicemail. My barber gave the, the podcast to a, a young lady. And she left a voicemail and said, Aaron gave me the podcast and I listened. Shout out to Aaron. He's listening. She said she listened and she loved it. I, I just want you to keep spreading the word, folks. And he, one of the things that Aaron said while he was cutting my hair, he said, you, you, you move in the sacred text. I liked it when he said that. He said, you move in the sacred text in a very comfortable way. And I like that. We, we do want to honor what is sacred, but we want to also make it a part of our everyday life. Yeah. It can't be so sacred that we leave it on a mantle somewhere. It needs to rest in our heart. It needs to rest in our heart. But shout out to Aaron, a good, good young man, and uh, prayers for him and his business and all of that. Um, also, if you would like to support and give, patreon.com forward slash Real Church Matters. It, it's a lot of things that, that it helps. And it also helps me a lot of the ideas that I have going. One of the things that's coming up soon, I'm doing a rock podcast revival. So I'll, I'm going to record an episode and it'll be a brand new episode for seven days. Every day is a brand new episode. And just, you know, my little spin on revival and something where every day there's a new podcast for people to listen to Amen. for that seven days. Sounds like a good thing. So we're going to do that. And then um, one of the things I've been working on is uh, I listened to a podcast and they were talking about how church is the worst book club ever. Because it's a room filled with people and nobody read the book. <laughs> so I I want to try to come up with uh, uh, outings where, you know, I, I rent a place and then we all come together and I call it the Good Book Club. And we just, you know, maybe quarterly or bi-monthly, but we just take a, a book of the Bible or a chapter of the Bible 
and really discuss it. Got a big place. You know, and so it's things like that, you know, I, I, but each and every person that gives, they allow me to to kind of bring these ideas to fruition. Uh, obedience over audience. Thank you, everybody. When you ask questions, you can send them by email to askme at realchurchmatters.com. And now it's obedience over audience. Let's jump into it. Today, we're talking about grieving the spirit. Uh, sister, ask me about uh could I give her explanation of grieving the spirit so I wanted to answer quickly and she's been coming back to me and saying are you done yet but I really try to operate from some level of obedience amen amen <laughs> I really do and so it felt weird to it felt like I was neglecting her but every time um I wrote something it kept expanding so as you can see it's 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 just expanded it's all there but it turned into uh, just focusing on that one verse within Ephesians 4 to me focusing on the whole chapter. Amen. And so I feel like in order for us to get to an understanding of what he meant when he said, don't grieve the spirit, you have to understand the context of what he was doing in the letter. And in the letter, he was calling for spiritual maturity. He was calling for it in many ways, calling for maturity with, as it relates to humility, gentleness, patience, bearing one another with love and unity. And so he went through about unity and how important unity is to the church and how it's a reflection of God and in body and spirit. And then he goes into talking about how what helps this body is the all these people who have been gifted in different ways, the mm-hmm. apostles, the pastors, the preachers, the teachers, the shepherds. And he said, we need all of these gifts to equip the saints and build the body of Christ. And then why are we doing this? He goes on to tell us that we're doing this. The goal of the work is to have unity in faith and knowledge in God. So that's our, how you'll know if you're doing the job. Is yes. People are being unified, not just in their belief, but in their knowledge. Yes. And then he says that it is to the maturity, to the stature of Christ. And he said, don't, this is all so that you won't be led by every aspect, idea, or opinion of deceptive people. And that you'll speak the truth in love and that you'll grow up in every way into Christ. Yes. And then he goes on to tell us what that means. He says, when we're connected to Christ, we are these bodies that are working properly. And when we're working properly, the body continues to grow built up in love. And so he says, this maturity, it means that we are no longer walking like the Gentiles. Now we're getting to close to our, 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 our focus scripture. He says that the Gentiles, he des- describes that they are walking in the vanity of their minds. And he goes to describe what that is because people will say, well, what does that mean? Number one, they're darkened in their understanding. They don't understand God. Number two, they're alienated from God because of their their ignorance and their hardness of heart. Number three, they are callous. They are not sensitive to the spirit. Number four, they've given themselves to sensuality. How they feel is the preeminent factor for their decisions. And then number five, they're eager to practice what they feel. Yes. They're eager to practice impurity. Yes. Yes. And then he says, that is not the way that we learned Christ. Yes. And so when we talk about, now we're getting to how how we grieve the spirit is that we weren't taught Christ in this way. Yes. We were taught 
who Christ is in a certain way. Christ is to be learned. Yes. When Christ is learned, it allows the spirit to have a source to connect with. This says that the, the scripture says that the Holy Spirit is to lead and guide us into all oh, truth. truth. A truth that we must learn. Learn. Yeah. Why? Because the Spirit only reminds us of what we learned. learned. Yeah. The Spirit is the ultimate companion to the follower of Christ. The Spirit is not a companion to one who does not follow Christ. Right. Right. So it, this takes us to the next point. He says, how do you learn Christ? You heard about him. We hear about him. And then what did we learn about Christ? We learned to put off our old self. We learned to be renewed in the spirit. spirit. Yeah. And we learned to put on the new self. Yep. It's like taking off old clothes. And before you put on brand new ones, take a shower. <laughs> that's, a, yes. that's really how it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes on to tell us, says, how does this unity look? This unity, this thing of Christ, it means that we should speak the truth to one another because we are connected. We should not let anger be short in us and we should not let it lead us to sin. We should not give opportunity for the devil. We should operate in integrity. We should give to those in need. We should have no corrupting talk, only what builds. And then he said, do not grieve the spirit of God. Yes. Now, believe it or not, I just ran through the whole chapter. Yes. Yeah. But I love to to kind of operate in that way because it helps me remember the chapter. Yes. Like break, yes. Break it down. Break it down. But that takes us to this point, Mom, where we're talking about grieving the spirit, and really, he's letting us know that when we don't operate in that maturity, we don't operate in what we've learned. He's talking to people who have learned. Yes. It's, this is not for people who have learned. Have learned. Have not learned. Have learned. This is for people who have learned. Yeah. But we spend a lot of time learning who we are prior to receiving the doctrines of Christ, receiving the spirit of Christ. We learned who we were. Yeah. We operated in our our movement of our intellect, our, our emotions, yeah. our passions. We operated in that. Yeah. So... The problem is that we don't unlearn those things. Absolutely. And because we don't unlearn them, usually when people get saved, they mix it all together. Absolutely. Because they're not unlearning, they're not putting off yeah. the old clothes. They feel like the Holy Ghost is supposed to come in and pull everything out yeah. that's not right. So that takes us back to the pivotal part in, in this in this passage that ties in with not grieving the spirit is number one, we cannot unlearn. Right. But we must not practice. We must not practice. What we learned. Yeah. And sin is like riding a bike. Yep. Once so, you know how to do it, you, <laughs> you, you know, can keep doing it and you can not do it for 10 years. And you can pick right and back up. And you can up. pick right back up. Like you never left. <laughs> like you never, like it, you never it, left. And it, because it's a, so innate to uh, who we are. Yeah. That's why sanctification is a daily process. Absolutely. And it's something that we do. Yeah. We present our bodies. We present. The whole of us. And I like the way you use that word so that we can we can tie it all in. Y'all can get a little bit of 
uh, church words and tie it all together to some real stuff. Sanctification is just what I laid out. It's taking off the old man, renewing yourself in the spirit. That's that shower you take. And then putting on the (laughs) The new new man. man. Getting fully dressed. That's sanctification. (laughs) That's right. So you hear it in church and you're like, we got to be sanctified. All he's saying is (laughs) stop doing what you learned to do. Yes. Renew your mind. That means renew your desire to learn something new. Yeah. Even though you're an old dog, renewing your spirit will allow you to learn some new tricks. And it's just as the the mind doesn't change for the spirit of, of God. No. It's that we learn how to focus on and have a desire to, to, ple- to, to please learn. God and to learn Him. To learn of Him. Just like we would learn of anything else. Yeah. When and, He made that call to salvation, He said, Come unto me, all yeah. ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. He told them they had to come, though. Come. That's the first thing. Come. 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 Take my yoke upon you and learn of yeah. We have to learn. I think that we have a, a dispensation where people are are lazy in the spirit. Absolutely. And and I came to that conclusion after going through all the instances in the Bible where Jesus healed people. Yeah. And I mean it was it was the people that moved that weren't lazy. Yeah. That he would say Oh, no greater faith have I seen. Yeah. But the guy that was at the pool of Bethesda, he not only rebuked him. Yeah. He said, will thou be made whole? Yeah. He said, nah, I'm here. I'm going to heal you. That's that's no doubt about it. Yeah. But he said, you presented nothing to me to to tell me that you even want to be whole. And that ultimately is when we're talking about the grieving process. That's the the grieving. The grieving process of the spirit is a spirit that will remind you of what you promised to do, what you've learned in his (laughs) word, and let you know you are not doing it. Mm -hmm. He said you will grieve the spirit. It will remind you. It will be as if Abel's blood cried out from the ground. From the ground. Because he's given us everything to do it. And it's like a slap in his face. Absolutely. And if you read the encounter between him and the man at the pool of Bethesda, yeah. you can you can hear that Jesus was upset with this man. Yeah. They said, well, he's a lame man. And Jesus was upset with him. He said, well, you know, every time I come, somebody gets in before me. He went to explaining why, yeah, you say you're a healer and you troubled that water, but it's unfair to me. Right. Because every time I go to get in, somebody goes in before yeah. me, and I don't have anybody to help me. You, you, and this you, is what we find out in church. Yeah. People are saying, I, I'm not like, I'm not connected with such a, a big family like you, or I'm not connected to so many people who love God. I'm the lone wolf in my family. I'm the yeah. only one that knows God. So you don't understand where I'm coming from. God's not doing it for me because I go to him and I remind him that this is what I desire. Yeah. But they give him all the excuses why it can't manifest in him. Absolutely. And God, he's the, that's grieving the Holy Spirit. It's grieving. It's just like me saying to God, you know, I'm a really quiet, meek person. You know, why would you ask me to go to this person? Yeah. Send somebody else. 
you you know, send somebody else. I don't like bringing attention yeah. to myself. This is uncomfortable for me, yeah. and I know it's going to be uncomfortable for them. Don't use me yeah. to do that. Just send somebody else. You got that ability. And I, I like the way you're saying it because to to spoil alert and go ahead and you some people don't make it past the first 15 minutes of these podcasts. <laughs> so let's get we're gonna get, tell you what it is right here. Grieving the spirit is disobeying the spirit. The spirit. Grieving the spirit is disobeying. And disobedience looks like excuses. Yes. It looks like disqualifying yourself. Yes. When you've been qualified by grace. And by the blood of Christ. By the blood of Christ. It looks like laziness. Yes. It looks like people who have been granted access but want accommodations. It looks like humility. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it looks like humility. Oh, you you couldn't be asking little old me. Yeah. Just little old me. I let me tap someone else. Fake, fake humility. Fake humility. Diminutizing yourself when God <laughs> has made you a giant. Yes. And we don't like being giants. No, we don't. You don't like being giants. I was watching somebody today, ma, and I looked at what they done to themselves. Sometimes you can see what people do to themselves. <laughs> and you just sat, and I just sat and I watched them. And I said, "Why did you do, do that, that to yourself?" <laughs> yes. And really, it literally is grieving to me. Yeah. It grieved me because I realized, and I, I told But the, just think you're just human. I'm just human. I told the, the, the other person, I said, see, when people do that to themselves, <laughs> I know way why they do that to themselves. They didn't have to, but it screams something else. Yeah. And I think that that's where the spirit is grieved because your disobedience screams. screams something else. In the face of God equipping us, giving us everything. He said, use what you got. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. It's like, I, come on, we didn't pray for you. We didn't did all this. Why are you going to do that to yourself? So, We're not even talking about what Satan didn't did to you. Yeah. We're not talking about what man didn't did to you. We're talking about what you didn't did to yourself. So. Willfully. Willfully. Knowing what you know. That's what he said. He said, y'all not Gentiles who darkening your understanding. You're not walking around in ignorance. Nope. You're not playing no games. You just sat here. You learned all of this. And now you're going to go ahead and take what you learned and not access it? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what's going on. That's grieving. And, and Sister, if, if you hear me, I ain't going to say your name. If you hear me, I didn't gave you the answer. I'm going to give it to you in text form as well and write it all out. But at the end of the day, whenever you are not obeying God, I don't care for whatever reason, reasons that you qualify to be worthy that are of no consequence to God. That's right. At the end of the day, if he told you to do something and you didn't do it, there ain't an excuse in the world that can make him feel okay about it. Um, First Thessalonians, which I read this morning. Mm hmm is actually a mirrored message to what to Ephesians 4. Absolutely. Because he just goes on and he says, do you not the spirit? Didn't he? But the thing that God brought to me, he said, in all these things, give thanks. Because this is my will concerning you. Yeah. He made it very personal. He said, Sylvia, I'm telling you, when I tell you to do something, give thanks. Yeah. He said, when the bottom falls out, Give thanks. Yeah. He said, because this is all my will concerning you. He said, you want to know my will? This is my will concerning yeah. you. That you give thanks knowing that all these things come from me. 
Yeah, and it was interesting. In Sunday school, Dad was talking about Joseph. And I noticed it. It, it's, it's, it feels weird to people to read this story where this man could have slept with somebody's wife, but, but he didn't, and, and his integrity led him to jail. Yes. It's like, it, this goes against everything y'all, t- y'all tell me about being obedient. But we, we're, again, we're a people that does desire for God to look like what we look like. Exactly. God doesn't look like that. No. He said, come and get to know me. Yeah. Because a lot of things that we read in that Bible, we come away from and say, I don't understand it, or I can't see how that's God. We'll get in there and know that that is God. So let me help y'all out. That's his character. Let the spirit grieve you, but don't grieve the spirit. Don't grieve the spirit. And the spirit will grieve you. Yes, right. That spirit grieved a, a servant who could have easily just did what Potiphar's wife asked. That's right. That's because right. he was, she was under jurisdiction. Yes, she. Yes. He was his, his, her husband's slave. personal slave. Yep. To act, to access him and use him, it was a part, was part for the course. Yep. But and he should have walked away and said nothing had he obeyed the law of the land. But instead, he let his integrity take him. To a place that grieved him. Yes. But he did not grieve the spirit. And that's what God desires to do with us. Absolutely. See, I think that's where you, I love what you were saying, is that, and, and I think I just shared it with Erica, is that when we're seeking comfort, yeah. we are not in a position to have company. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Close the doors. Dude. Close the door. Because I, I'm going to misuse you. Yeah. It, it, when his desire was to do whatever God said, even if it grieved him, he was actually in the best position to have Potiphar wife, Holly Berry, whoever, because <laughs> he was in a position to please God and grieve himself. Yes. And when you see so many, I'm going to tell you what it looks like. So many sad Christians and happy spirits. Yeah. And you see so many happy Christians and grieved spirits. Yeah. Because it's like we never understand to find happiness in our grief. Yeah. Like Paul said. Yeah, because God just spoke it. Just, you know, he gave me that word from, for the day yesterday. Yeah. And all during the day, I just, I just, I read it, and then I mused over it, then I prayed over it, and I said, God, this is simple. Yeah. He said, Sylvia, you don't ever have to ask me my will for you. Yeah. He said, my will is that you give thanks in all things. Yes. He said, knowing that it came from my hand, yeah. knowing that I have everything in control, knowing that I'm the one that's working in you, both the willing to do according to my good pleasure. He said, you, anytime you're not giving thanks, yeah. then you're slapping me. See, here's, here's the thing. When, when something is grieving, that means something has died. Yes. The spirit is grieving because a relationship is dying. You're grieving because you're dying. Yeah. That grief turns to happiness. Yeah. When you realize you're what's dead. dying <laughs> must die. Must die. That it's been yanking you around for a long time. Yeah, there was a, there was a story and a guy said, the guy showed up to his enemy's funeral. And he said, I just wanted to make sure he was dead. He hated him so much, he showed up to his funeral to make sure he was dead. He was happy. Yeah. That's not us. We're not excited about dying because we still want to live. 
See, when you are, it, there's still a grieving process. Yeah. But it's a rejoicing. It's like back, it's like in New Orleans when they do the second line. <laughs> and they just, uh, recently a jazz musician died. And they did a second line for him. And it's so beautiful. I got to show it to you. They just do uh, When the Saints Go Marching In. And they start there. And they just, uh, yeah. oh, When the Saints. <laughs> yes. And I say, hey, this man is leaving out his style. It's th- that's he, how they do it's, it. It's the <laughs> celebration of death. Grieving should look like rejoicing. Yes. That's why he said, he, he says it multiple times. He said, let them weep. Yes. Let when them mourn. Born. He said, let them mourn. Yeah. He was calling for us to die. When we die, we're going to mourn, but it's with rejoicing, yeah. knowing that something else must live. Yes. That's why Jesus wept when Lazarus died, knowing he was going to raise him. Yeah. Knowing he was. Yes. I'm still grieving the reality of death. But he also knew that the only reason why Lazarus was being raised was for the purpose of God. For the purpose of God. What is raising up is purpose for God. What's dying was purpose for you. Yes. It was purpose. That that Lazarus is gone. Yeah. Even though the, the one that I raise up, that's a different Lazarus. Yes. It's a different Lazarus. And, his, and even though you don't see him anymore in the scriptures, he was we know. Man. We know that the Lazarus that he was, he never could return back to that Lazarus. Absolutely not. And that is that is what God wanted us to to because he did it in two pieces. He said to him, the grave clothes were still on him. And he told the grave clothes to loose him and let him go. Yeah. And he was explaining to us that I'm bringing him back. Yeah. And but he said he everything about him. Yeah. Everything and about this is him. the scary part. And I want to, to give y'all comfort and encouragement that if something's grieving, something's dying. Amen. Let you grieve, not the spirit. Let you grieve because you dying. It, it, I know it's hard to say goodbye, but it's re- better for you to grieve because you're dying than for the spirit to grieve because you're going to die. And, and have faith. Have to faith. Believe, to believe that, that what you were was only a shell. Wasn't worth it anyway. It was only a shell it, it of wasn't what worth you protecting. supposed to be. Wasn't worth fighting for. That's Amen. what he was telling him. He said, y'all put, the, put off the old man. <laughs> yeah. Put it off. Be renewed in this spirit. He, he said you get too caught up. Too caught up. With this, this earthly vessel. That's all it is, is a vessel. What's contained, what he wants is what's contained on the inside has to be able to be seen on the outside. The only way that happens is if the, the inside, that new, that old thing has to die. Yeah. And it has to be able to make way for the new so that God can be seen. This is a, this is a difficult process because we wake up every day. And I tell people that I think the, you know, the sanctification movement, I guess I call that, yeah. did, did some harm to it. Because yeah. they they let you believe that you could get holy and sanctified in one's clean sweat. It was an inc- incomplete work. Yeah. Because when we even broke it down like this and said, put off the old man, renew yourself in the spirit, yeah, and then put on the new man. Yeah. We subscribed sanctification to be just the first part. Yes. Put off the old man. Put off the old man. I don't man. know put what you're doing, man. but you need to stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Just don't do put it. Put a long dress on it. Rip those earrings out your ears. You throw that straightening comb yeah. away. This is what women close off thy legs, men yeah. zip up and your it zippers. And it says if you no longer have the outer part that that shines like that, said 
that then now it's going to be easy for you to live a certain type of way. And all it builds is resentment. Yes. Because a person felt complete in sin and now they feel incomplete in God. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and they, you know, my heart goes out because I remember um, towards, towards the end of um, Bible study, um, well, the leadership classes, towards the, towards the end, yeah, the, this man that was in this, the saint, holy sanctified church, he was in it for years. Mm -hmm. And he came, and I, he came maybe two or three times. And he said, I'm searching for sanctification. And he died. It was like three weeks later, he was dead. Mm. You know, and I can remember saying, my God, my God. You know, he went through all the process of taking off. Yeah. You know, he no longer hung with the people that he hung with. He no longer was a drug dealer. He no longer did this. He no longer did that. But on the inside, he didn't know he was coming close to death. Yeah. He didn't know it was the end of his time. But he had this search going. He said, maybe it's here that I'm going to find what I need. Yeah. He said, because I need true sanctification. And, and that's where, because uh, this woman, she came to me uh, one of the times to check see if I finished. finished. <laughs> and she said, because I just want to know. If I'm pleasing God, I just want to know if what I'm doing is pleasing to God. And even then, I'm biting my lip because it's not the time or the place to go into it. But Minister Sylvia, what say you to just a, a notion like that? The, we've relegated our intimate relationship with God to include so many people that it was a plan that God sought out from the beginning of time to take the middle man out of it because the middle man corrupted it. The priest, the middle man corrupted it. You want to know why the middle man corrupts it? Because there's always corruption in man. Yeah. And to have a person to feel like somebody else is qualified to even tell them whether they're pleasing God. Let you know that where the relationship is with God. Mm. There is, there, there can't be a relationship with God if we're still asking someone else whether or not yeah. we please in him. And, and I understood, I understood that reality. And I think that we, we have to constantly hold people to this because there is a part of religion that we're fighting against. Oh, yeah. We are fighting against yeah. a handicap accessible church. Because we can't have it. We are interested in them being handicapped because it relies them on us. Yeah. And then we make all of these entryways and ramps so they can access God comfortably. But it won't give them access. But it won't give them freedom. And won't, it won't give them power. And it won't give them access eternally. No. Because he's going to say, these were able-bodied people that said, didn't I cast out devils in your name? Yeah. Didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? And he said, depart from me yeah. for your, your workers of iniquity. And the crazy thing is, Ma, we allow ourselves, like you said, this feigned humility. We allow ourselves to operate in a handicapped 
mindset. Yeah. Because we want access, but we want to be accommodated. Yes. In our own flesh, in our own weakness. We don't want to step out of our he weaknesses. Said, if you said, if any man cometh up by any other means, he's a thief and a robber. Thief and a robber. So you have, I was watching this movie, and this man, he was handicapped. And he still wanted uh, the nurse to touch his privates. He could barely, he had a stroke. He could barely talk. Half his mouth. But he, he like, was happy. He's like, touch my private. <laughs> touch me private. She said, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, brother, you got a lot going on. Your, half your body's numb and you're still concerned with that. Yeah. It's amazing that no handicap can prevent us from pleasure. Yeah. But we let every handicap prevent us from purpose. And this is this this is what grieves. It, that's what grieves the spirit. the spirit. Yes, because we've been given power. Yet we're the reason why. And and you know I'm not I'm not saying that the power of God is not in the church. It is, but the reason why the demonstration of the power of God is not more evident because we see the power, but we want it to accommodate. Yeah, wants to come. Come, I know you showed up like I asked you to. Yes. But now I need you, if you want me to please you, you're going to have to lift me up. You have to lift my arm. Or call my make name. Me, make me worship. Make me read the Bible. Yes. Make me give tithes. Make me. Why did, I don't understand. When is this going to overtake me? I've heard, I want to be overtaken. Yes. I've heard so many people say that to me. The songs when were, preach. When were you overtaken? I yes. said, I said that has yet to happen. The worship songs preach. It. They, I said, they, people keep talking anytime, about what God anytime is Anytime I lift my arms, it's my strength that lifts My me. act of contrition. Yes. My act of humility. My act yes. of worship. My pledge of allegiance yes. and proof of allegiance yes. has to come from my weakened state. Yes. It's when I am weak that he is strong. He is empowering me to do yes. for his good pleasure. Yes. Not empowering me to his good pleasure, but I just sit there and I'm just literally uh, autonomous to his power. Yeah. Waiting. People, people are like, well, how did you keep yourself? How do you keep yourself? Well, well, God, just every time I try to even open my legs, God, <laughs> the spirit of God just snaps and shut like a bear trap. That's not the way this That's works. That's not the truth. That's <laughs> not the truth because... I have to grieve myself. Yes. Because you have to remember the part that God's concerned about. It's the mind. He's not concerned by the time he gets to your legs and your body... You've already, you already it's lost the fight. It's too late. It's over. This is what Paul was talking about. He said, I'm grieved. Yes. I'm grieved. He said, that which I would do, I wouldn't do. And that which I wouldn't would do, I, I do. Would. He said, oh, wretched man that I am. He said, what's going on here? What's going on with me? I am grieved at the reality. That I'm grieved at what the spirit is grieved by. Yeah. I, it, it changes. Yes. This is a man that's renewed in the spirit. Yes. Where no longer wants what he learned to control him. And I think that, that that passage of scripture is so great because it's our first take onto a, our state. Yeah. Of being rejuvenated, having Jesus on the inside and not on just the outside. Right. To, See, to exist in a flawed body, but no longer allow that flawed body to rule you. See, he was letting you know that this is not, this is not feeling too good. Because when you were here, Jesus. It was all good. It was all good. Because I, I could function I and could do function whatever in a I different, wanted. 
different way. With just the mask or the, 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 the presentation of yes. power. But then all of a sudden you're gone and you're living on the inside and I'm being grieved by this something on the inside that wants to do right. And then I'm being grieved by this outside, my flesh, that still desires to do wrong. And I think that this is the other part. It, and it, it, some people have to learn this. I came from a household that raised me in, in righteousness. Yeah. So when I would be grieved at what I would do, I thought it was only because of my parents. I didn't realize it was the spirit. Right. It wasn't until I finally freed myself and said, I'm going to do what I want to do. I, I, honestly, a lot of people have to learn. Yes. Because this, it, when I did went and did what I wanted to do, and I'm like, okay, nobody's around. There is no repercussions. And, Say, go for it. And I still feel <laughs> grieved. grieved. Yes. Then I said, it's because I've been brainwashed. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, the, on the other take, how God could, could tell me, talk to me, because I didn't understand you know, one of my kids said to me, you know, that although you might say, don't listen to this when you're, when I'm in the house, there's so many times when I'm going to hear it out there. And the Lord so, told me something. He said, I give you authority over this house. Yeah. And he said, if you do what I tell you to do in this house, he said, I'll make it so they can't do out of the house, yeah. <laughs> what they can't do, what they and I think that was the that was the part of it is that I think that I didn't understand how much I was how much a standard that was being set for me yeah. only led to an environment for which the spirit could reside in me. Yes, yep. It's like the 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 horticulturist, as our pastor said today. Is always concerned with the environment. Yeah. He's concerned with the environment because in order for his job to be complete, he needs to put his things that he got in optimal environment to grow. Yes. He cannot put it in bad soil or all his efforts in vain. He cannot use certain flowers in certain climates or no matter how nice they look, I can't give you this, this flower bed in Arizona. I just can't. Yes. I have you. This is a resigned to a certain climate and you can't have these flowers. I love those flowers. I know you do. But if I sit them outside, they won't last you a day. The heat is too intense. It's just not the place for it. This is what happens. As much as people want to make it about songs and secular and stuff, it's about creating an environment by which the spirit can grow. Grow. That's it. And that's what really grew in me. Yes. And I tried to chase and run away from, but it already had in, enough time and room to grow. And, and the crazy thing about creating an environment for the Spirit of God to grow in children or people that are in your, in, in your authority. Amen. Is that you have to be obedient. You have to. And you have to. You have to allow your 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 thoughts, yeah, your way of doing things. I love that to come subject to God's way, and, and even I, when you don't understand. Even it. when you don't understand, this is funny because I had somebody come to me about their daughter. Now their daughter is is grown. 
yeah. at this point. But they're concerned about them because they can see the path they're going. They've gone that way before themselves. Yeah. And I, I explain to them, as, as much as you can, whether they live with you or don't, you got to set a certain environment around you. Yes. And God does certain things where he makes you beholden to people who must set a standard. Mm -hmm. And you only have a window of time before this person assumes independence. Yes. But right now they need you for a car. They need you for a house. Yes. They need you for a living arrangement. They need you to sometimes eat. Yes. This is your prime opportunity to set the parameters by which the spirit can still grow. And, and we've seen people really fast get their own food, get their own car, yeah. get their own stuff so they can get out of the environment that has been set. But once, if you give, <laughs> do it right. Once it's in there, it's in there. It's in there. And it's... it's we've seen them run. Yeah. We've seen people run and grieve the spirit. Yes. It never said don't destroy the spirit. You can't destroy. You can't destroy it. You can and, grieve him. In fact, you can't destroy him. In fact, he's God. God makes a promise. He said, "He that destroys the temple of God, him will God destroy." Amen. He makes a promise. So if you ever get close to destroying, yeah, the spirit, he, he's just gonna take the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> he does the ultimate. God said, "Hey, I'm the only one. Yeah. that gives life, and I'm the only one that destroys it." And, and, and so uh, to close out, I do want to talk about this, this spirit grieving in, in more context because God feels. Yes. God feels. And yes. I, I'm realizing that I'm feeling how God feels. Yes. When the spirit is grieved. Yes. I get a glimpse into, I, I, the Bible lets me see a glimpse in his character, but the spirit lets me get a glimpse in his heart. Yes. Let's yes. me know how he feels. Yes. And so Philip was uh, shout out to Philip. I love my brother. He is he is me in in, in another form. <laughs> I, I love him. And he was sharing about hurt. And I took what he said and I put it on Instagram. And I I I was trying to share with people. I said, I am so embarrassed, embarrassed, like truly, like even to think about it, my. It's just a sense of just cringing. I'm so embarrassed at the things I've lost sleep over. I am so embarrassed at the things that I let set me in a way. And the way I said it, the things that I let compromise, interfere, and diminish what God is doing in my life. Whether it's people, situations, the way it, I'm, I'm, I've looked back at my 2018 and I, I, never again. Amen. But that feeling I feel is not forced, it's the spirit. Spirit. And it's the process of sanctification. Absolutely. Because, because this, this maturation to hating what yes, God hates. hates, yeah. And loving what God yes. loves. And, and you know, it's the greatest. I have to say it. It's the greatest place to arrive to. It empowered me. It emboldened me. Yes. I mean, it's got me on a thing. <laughs> yes. 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 I can't. It's such a, it's such a powerful thing because um, it's like once you enter into that place, that's the key to hate the things that God <sighs> hates and to love the things that he loves. You'll never walk in a place yeah. 
that God isn't there, hasn't already prepared for you to be there. Yeah. You'll never be in the wrong place. You'll Let me put it. Because when you're even in it, I, I, the, yeah, before for, you can get fully there. But for every feeling of pleasure yes. those things give me, yeah. it, it does not compare to the feeling of disgust. Yes. and It just doesn't. Now it doesn't. And it's amazing because we, I don't know how many people go on to just have the relationship with Christ so that it is the primary relationship. It's what you move and live and have your being. Because God takes pleasure in you when you're obedient. Yeah. He just takes pleasure. And it's like the kid that wants to please their mom or please their dad. They'll do every whatever the yeah. mom or dad. It's only a small window of time that you, you can get that out of yeah. kids. Now, sometimes it's only one years old nowadays. Yeah. By one, you know, they're like, oh, no, I'm not saying that. And I think that, that's part of it is like, People come in wanting to be so uh, excited about the things of God. And I think that that part comes, but it only comes after there's the a relationship yeah. with the things of old. Of old. Yeah, because you learn, you learn to hate what he hates. Because the only reason, this, this is all about perspective. I've seen people wearing clothes from the 90s still. Yeah. Because to them, the old is still new. And you look at them and say, you shouldn't wear that. That's out of style now. And they're like, it ain't out of style to me. And that's how the spirit is. The spirit is looking and says, that's the old man. <laughs> that's the and old man. And you like, mm, I like these. <laughs> I like this. You know, this is like, no harm. This is no harm stuff. Yeah. I threw away the big ones. But this is the little no harm you mean, stuff. Yeah, this is just, this is, it has a personal attachment <laughs> to me. This sweater has been with me a long time. It's gone through a lot of things yes. with me. I know, but it's old. Yes. You have to put it off. And the problem with that scripture, and he's saying put off the old man, is if you don't see it as old, then you won't let it go. You won't let it go. You have to see it as old. The scripture is calling it old, but if you don't see it as old, you'll never let it go. But that's why the Holy Spirit is in there. And, and he does, he does constantly nudge you and let you know that that's that yeah. that's not me. But it's that tear of under tear of understanding. Yeah, it's like understanding something's old still isn't the same as pro the progression of understanding what is new. It's almost like being grieved and then asking somebody, "What does it mean to be grieved?" Yeah, yeah, because that's <laughs> and that's, that's where I, I I wanted to share and I'll share it with you now. Uh, woman, woman in question. I feel like uh, Dr. Ruth or one of them, them uh, what's the, Dear Abby's? Dear Abby's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, she, she uh, basically with her asking that question, it lets you know there's a discomfort. Yes. And I want to seize that moment because that looks like a person who just knows I got on old clothes. Yes. But needs guidance into how to take them off. And put on the new. new clothes. And so I embraced that because I've been there before where I literally was crying out in my room. And I, I'm a melodramatic person. <laughs> so the things you would see in Hallmark movies, they was really happening. You know, where somebody look up to the heavens and scream. <laughs> why, why me? God, why? That's literally me in my room. I remember I screamed so hard. Our dog at the time, he ran in the room. 
and start barking with me. So we both just hollering at the moon. I'm like, God, help me. He's like, oh. And I remember looking at him and being so mad. Like, I just like, this is, I'm trying to cry out to the Lord. And he had a dog. He has a dog. Bow wow. He's making you. He's, he's making fun of you. He's like, look at this mangy mutt. If there was a kennel to put you in, I'd put you in there. <laughs> but I just was exasperated with the reality that I couldn't have me. Yeah. But I still hadn't come to the understanding that I want to have God. Amen. So it's, it's a tough a, place. It's a tough place. It's like somebody told you that cake you whipped up, you don't get to eat it. I think that one person said it, older person has said it to me, and it made so much sense. Now I've seen it other places. But he says, it's just like this. There's a period of time that there's nothing in your hand. Hmm. Because who you're going to be is not yet seen. Yeah. And who you are, you got to let go. Yeah. So you end up with nothing in your hand. And, you know, it's like. It's a vulnerable place. It's a vulnerable place. It's a vulnerable place where, I'm going to tell you, like, I, I am very comfortable in who I am in God now. But like I was telling Erica. These are all things that I knew about me at her age. Yeah. So God graced me. I don't know if he does this for everybody. I always pray and ask him so that they can inform how I teach. Yeah. But I always ask, did you do that for everybody? Did you let everybody know who they are in you? I knew who I was. I, I, I knew the sensitivity I had to the spirit. I knew the understanding of the realm and the word that I had. I think that, that, that um, there are places that people won't go, just like the man again at the Pool of Bethesda. It's not that the Spirit doesn't want to tell us. It's that there are places that people won't go with They didn't God. answer the, the call. They, they don't. They, and and okay. they, so they, they do so like you, this. But to your answer to it is, is yes. Yes. But I do think, and I did share this with Erica, I do feel... Like, I gave myself over to some realities that others might not. See. Might not have it. I might not have operated in it totally, but I gave myself over to the reality. I think, I think that, um, and I might have been talking to Erica when I said this, but um, I start remembering back. Because I asked myself that question. Because I started way when I was afraid to even hear my own voice, yeah. you know, say hallelujah. Um, I started seeing and hearing myself. But that's what I'm saying. I could hear and see myself teaching. Yes. I can. There were certain times where I would read the word. Yeah. And I could, I could, the, the word would come back to my remembrance. Yes. It would come back to my remembrance you know, and then I went through a whole period of time where I would wake up and I just hear songs, and and I I get up and I start writing Absolutely. the songs, and and then all of a sudden I start hearing the music and just just one thing after another. And I was praying one night and it was dark in the room. I always would remove myself and go away from away from the television and the family. Yeah. You know, and I would remove myself and I was in the dark room and I chose not to turn on the light because the spirit of the Lord said, he said, you've got to want me. Yeah. 
He said, don't be afraid. Want me. Yeah. Desire me. He said, I'm not spooky. Yeah. Because I started to get afraid because I started seeing these things. And I started waking up in the middle of the night hearing music. And, and I get the pencil and write it down. And then I started humming. And, and I didn't understand. There was no understanding. He said, want me. Ask me. Yeah. And I started asking. I said, God, I want to see you. I want to see you in my in my mouth. Yeah. You know, I I, I want to hear you in my ears. I I want to see you. Yeah. And he after that, it was full on after yeah. that because he you know, I heard people say that God's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And that's when I it really came to life for me. That he was like if you don't want to see me. Yeah. Oh, you 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 want? He, he said you're not going to see yeah. me. And he said, I can only take you as far as you see me. And he gave me scripture to back it up. When he was with Thomas, Thomas said, I need to see. Yeah. I need to see it physically. And he said, show me. He said, here yeah. you go, Thomas. He said, stick your hand yeah, stick in it. Stick your fingers he in it. He said, but there was an addendum to that. He said, blessed is he that have not seen but yet believe. Yeah. And he told me, he said, Sylvia, this is what I'm asking of you yeah. as a believer. Let me take you with me without you seeing in the yeah. natural. But I think even in those engagements, we hear the grief. Yes. We hear the grief. Yes. You no, know, Whether it's them waking him up on the boat. Yeah. Whether it's Peter sinking yeah. in the water. Or whether you go all the way back to the Old Testament, it's Jonah. I mean, he just well. literally said, said to them one time, he said, how long have I been with you? Yeah. And you still acting like this. I think that's what grief is. Yeah. It's this, this constant disappointment that you are able to hear and feel. And because we don't spend time. And I want the, the, the woman in question and all of you. To really start to not discount these feelings and understand it's deeper than an emotion, but there is something echoing in you. And in the times that you're by yourself. Really explore it. Recognize, Recognize that you're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. Recognize that he's right there. And this is where I mean that there, there's people who delve into the, the spiritual nature yeah. of the world. But won't. but won't delve into the spiritual nature of, of God. God. Yeah. Because I remember that there was a, I was, this is where I was a young man and I just realized God was real. Yeah. As I remember looking at a young girl and I was thinking something. And I remember her, she turned around to me and said, what are you looking at? It'll stop. And I remember <laughs> in my head, I was like, it was almost as if she could hear yes. me. And I always thought about that. And I didn't discount it. I explored it in my heart. Yeah. And I think that those are the things that when people happen to people, they don't explore. They don't explore. And it allowed me to understand a truth that these thoughts and these feelings and these spirits are real. Are real. And they're tangible and they're palpable. And they do damage. Yes. They do damage yeah. to us and to others. And it's so it's it's so matter of fact to people. They actually, but it's not matter of fact to the spirit. That's why he's grieved. They actually cultivate 
the people that live within the, that sphere of influence. Yes. And that's, I think that's the sad part about it is that um, a lot of people say, well, I got saved when my child was 10. And I just, I knew that it was too late. Yeah. And I remember thinking back, you know, and um, I'm trying to think. My oldest child was eight yeah. years old when I got saved. And it wasn't a question. God said, I set the standard in the house. And this is how I explained it to her because she was the oldest one and she could understand because yeah. there were certain things that we did, she did under my authority. Yeah. And she was trying to do those same things. And I said, wait, we're under a different authority. I'm under the same one you're under. Yeah. Like we were under the same authority yeah. together. I said, we were, we were doing it together. And she looked at me and she said, but I, I don't get any say-so. No, baby, because you continue to be under my authority. Yeah. And so it was a fight to bring her. And, and to be honest with you, I lost some battles yeah. with her. But in the end, those that were won still remain today. Yeah. And I think that's the power of the the spirit is that it really is, it isn't grieving grieving because we're a lost cause, but it, it is grieving because it knows you have everything that pertains, that pertains to life. And and to be honest with you, it's instantaneous. And because of that, you'll feel the grief and you'll still have another opportunity. Yeah. You, you know, it's, it's so quick. It's so quick that, that, that because you've, when you allow yourself to be sensitive and you're not callous. See, it's one of those things that you Absolutely. can't be. You can't be callous because if you've already hardened your heart to certain things. The spirit can't, you, can, you can't even understand the relationship of spirit. Yes, but if you understand a grieving spirit or not. Right. But if you're not callous, the, the Holy Spirit is going to do its work in you. Because no sooner than your, the disobedience is right there, he's, he automatically yeah. inflicts there, that there, grief. There's this infliction. <laughs> of grief. Of grief. And you get to turn. You get to turn immediately. Because there's many times where he said, go do. And I yeah. would say... Mm. And it's one of those things where, who told you you're not pleasing God? You know, you, you feel know? this this feeling and you're like, I just want to make sure I'm pleasing God. Who who has you doubting? That's the feeling you're feeling. Yes. You just don't know what's, what resides in you. Yes. I think there's a scripture that says that. Yes. Do you not know yes. what's in you? How the, or how the Spirit of God dwells in you. Dwells in you. And he's, there, he's right there and you're feeling his displeasure. And instead of seeking in deep in prayer and fasting to understand, say, Lord, I feel that you're displeased with my life. Yeah. And I don't, I want to please you. I want to have an me. understanding. I want to, I want to. It's like Thomas saying, uh, it's like the man that said, Help my unbelief. What you're doing is saying, Okay, I know you've given me everything that pertains to life and godliness. You've, you've given me the power to do whatever you ask me to do. Yeah. But please, Lord, I feel your displeasure. I want to please you. Help me. 
And how he helps you is by revealing himself even the more. Yeah. And and that is the great place to be because I recognize that no matter how far we go in Christ, we'll never attain, as long as we're in this body, we'll never attain to obedience without a kickback. Yeah. Your your flesh is always gonna kick back. Yeah. Because we're on this side of heaven. And we have our flesh with us. And we put it under subjection, but it's always going to have to have a say-so. It's going to say something. It's going to make you feel a certain type of way. Um, before you do what God says. Yeah. After you do what God says, it abandons. It leaves. It doesn't even talk about it. The only thing it says to you is, you know, if that wasn't God, yeah. you know it's going to blow up in yeah, your face. It, 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 really has, <laughs> it really does come to this thing where if you don't take time to to no. know, yeah. you don't know what's going on in your head. Yes. And it, it, this is where religion can is almost like the boilerplate yeah. for mental illness. Yeah, because you'll kill out things that's supposed to stay, it's, and you'll, you'll keep things you just that's supposed bunch, to go. You got a lot of going on, and you don't know what voice is which. Yeah. And but you just discombobulate. But the way, you, the way God's voice, you need time with him. Time with him, and nothing can take the place of time. No, you know, just uh, uh, sitting uh, with wise him. counsel is not going to cut it. No, wise counsel has a place, but I'm gonna tell you where where we need to get to is a realization of God and His Spirit and who He is, and teaching. We're teaching our tails off right now. Yeah. We, 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 I'm just talking about like whether it's, our, you know, I'm pretty sure it's everywhere. I don't feel like God moves in isolated. Scattered showers. No, I feel like everywhere there. But he's sending the rain, and this is the this is the bad part. Yeah. He is sending his word. Yeah, he's sending the wet rain. And I feel like now it's like people need to be still. Yeah, they need to stop everything. Don't make no rash decisions. Don't do nothing. Be still right now and know that he's God. Just, just know. Just, I think that's the time. There's a lot of things I want to pull the trigger on. There's a lot. God put a halt to all of it. Yes. Because he just wanted to st be still and know. Know that I'm God. I just want you to be still. Don't make a rash decision. Don't say you're going to do this, do that. He said everything's going to happen around you. It's going to happen around you. And you'll be able to see it was me. And I have Amen. been. Amen. I have been. I've been able to see it. And that's my prayers that people will take this podcast and listen to it and say, you know what? I got a lot of things bubbling in me and I need to parse them and figure out what's going on. I think that um, the the analogy or the parable and it's not a parable because it really happened. Jesus said when he came to the house of Martha and Mary and Mary was just sat there and she just listened and Martha was just so busy. She was getting everything ready because it was the day before the Passover and she was getting and plus Jesus visited their home she was just getting everything ready everything had to be right because Jesus was there and he rebuked Martha mm -hmm. because Mary desired the better part yeah and this to me is it's, Jesus is telling is. us yeah. he's he was telling us he said it's like you you're doing Martha you're doing the best you're, you're doing, not church. doing 
You're doing church. Yeah, you're doing. You're not doing the better part. You're not doing the better. Doing the best is not doing the most. He said, "Just it's just being still. Just sit and listen. Listen." He said, "Wait on me." That's my. That's my recommendation. That's my prayer. Matter of fact, uh, Mom, we're gonna close out with a prayer for those who who are grieved at this time. Yes. That they would embrace their grieving process. Yes. And understand what God is doing in their life yeah. and how he is trying to put them in a position where they no longer grieve the spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we do thank you, God. Hallelujah. Because all revelation comes from you. We thank you because, Lord God, we understand that you appointed this time, oh God. And you appointed every listener, oh God. And so we thank you right now. Before we even say another word, we say thank you, God, for looking into the hearts of men, for allowing us to have your spirit on the inside and you being constant to do the job that you promised you would do. You said, you, lo, I'm with you always. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You promised. And so on the inside, of, we try to live out our life with you on the inside. And you have a totally different agenda. And it brings grief to us, God. You knew we'd arrive at this place of grief. And you even said, blessed are they that grieve. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Father, you promised that they would be comforted. And you also said that the Holy Spirit is a comforter. So now, Lord, we commend to you, your people, the grieving, the ones that feel the grief have not been able to identify it, but know that they're in a place where they just feel like you have a displeasure of them. I'm asking you, Lord God, to bring them into total union with you, that quiet place that they will stop the busyness, the doing of church, the being the good servant and that they will sit at your feet. You give time. You're the only one that can give the time. I'm asking that you enlighten them, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they might know what is the hope of their calling in you, that they might know that sitting at your feet sitting in a quiet place, seemingly by themselves, and yet they're with you. Lord God, I'm asking you to stir up the faith that they might believe the very simplest thing, that you have asked us to come as a child and believe that you would not forsake us or leave us, that you would be right there with us, that they would just believe that you're present in a room with only them, that you're present. And if they can believe that, then they'll listen for your voice and you'll be right there. Father, we thank you, Lord God. We understand that this is all a process of dying and yet being in the world and not of the world. We understand that. And so we ask, oh God, no matter what the person's name is or wherever they're located, you know them. And we ask you to comfort. We ask you to bring them the way that they must come. 
Father, make them strong disciples that they can continue to spread the good news just as you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, thank you, Mom. And just to close out episode 114, uh, June 19th was uh, my uncle Dennis Allen's birthday. Yes. And uh, I went back on Facebook and seen one of the messages he sent me. And, and uh, it made me smile. And, you know, I just wanted, for the record on the podcast, just because uh, this is one of the influences of my life. And, and mine too. Of my, my mother's I maturation. Read, I read all of, I kept, and I prayed it, my hard drive never dies. Because <laughs> I kept every email, every word of encouragement. And I think that's, since we're not back in in Paul's and, in them days where we can write letters back and forth, that we have the same responsibility to keep those things close to us because the words leapt off the paper yeah. and they're still so relevant in my life today. It's an integral, integral part of your spiritual walk, dad's spiritual walk. Yes. And a real Trojan horse for the faith. Like he had a way to get in there. Yes, he did. Where other people couldn't. I remember as a child, he would sing, and it would shake the room. It would fill the whole room. He would room. preach, and it would shake the room. He would say hallelujah, and it would jolt me. Yes. I feel like thunder was clapping from the sky. Yes. Um, he was a giant to me. And as I got older, I remember giving him a hug. And I said, no matter how big I get, I still feel like I'm swallowed up in your arms. Yes. And... Uh, I'm just thinking about him this week. To God be the glory for all that God has done in his life and, and all the people he touched. And I'm just chasing that. I aspire to that. Yes. There's no way, you know, there's no way. I, I begin to to look two weeks ago, not even conscious, not even thinking about his birthday was coming. But I started going through the emails and I read and he sent out a challenge, love challenge. And he said, I'm sending this challenge to many people and asking you to walk in love. And I can just remember the long talks and I can remember him pouring himself out in fasting and in prayer, not eating for three days or four days, you know, because he heard God say so. And I aspire to allow God to use my life in the same way. Absolutely. And I know that he's, I know where he's at. And I know he, if he had given an opportunity, he would never come back. <laughs> so I wouldn't desecrate even his memory no. by thinking, <laughs> thinking sadly because I know that the shout and heaven is not the same because he's there. And I wanted to take that time because. I'm very adamant about it now. It's like there's so much to be said, so much time is spent on people who are doing wrong. Yes. I don't think that we take uh, enough time to just thank God and boast in the people who walk out the truth in a way that shows us the example to live. With, with every breath. With every breath. And evidence remains. Evidence. <laughs> yes, indeed. We, yes, indeed. We are the evidence, you know. Absolutely. of a life well lived. Yeah. 
uh, shout out to my uncle Dennis Allen Sr. and to uh, prayers to his family uh, that they would continue to grow in God as he would uh, be working tirelessly to make sure. Amen. Episode 114, we're going to call this the grieving process. I'm Forrest Hall. Minister Sylvia Hall. God bless.